You are listening to the Baby You've Got This podcast. My name is Kim Kent. As a health and mindset coach, speaker, and business mentor, my deepest passion and purpose involves empowering and educating women to up-level and transform their mindset so they have the courage, guidance, and belief to achieve their goals and create more success and abundance in their life. You can count on me to be raw, real, and authentically truthful as you listen in today. I love to push beyond the comfort zone and I truly believe that everyone is capable of stepping into their greatness. If you are looking for the tools, the strategies and the inspiration to overcome the things that are holding you back, then you have come to the right place. You can visit my website www.abundanceclub.net to learn about my beautiful online coaching and membership program called Abundance Club. I'm excited to chat with you today as every episode is guaranteed to bring you my fun, crazy, but caring self. Well done for pushing play today. Let's get started. Hey, beautiful souls. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome to any new listeners. If this is the first one you're listening to, well, (laughs) I'm going a bit deep and sharing a lot about, a lot about terrible grammar. I'm sharing about some really heavy personal stuff that's happened to me um, about a month ago. And in all honesty, I wanted to talk um, about this a bit sooner. I wanted to record a podcast on this and, and share this with you guys a bit sooner, but it just hadn't felt like the right moment and I didn't want to force anything. I just wanted to get on here and just share the experience with love and, and a calm state, not an emotional state. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm like, welcome guys. I'm just getting straight into it. So, Six weeks ago, about six weeks ago, five weeks ago, I should say, um, I actually had a miscarriage. So I was eight weeks pregnant, if you take it by the dating of the the last period date. Um, so in my head, I was actually six weeks pregnant because that's the date of actual conception. <laughs> it blows my mind how they add on an extra couple of weeks. When you're not actually pregnant, it's just easy to take from that pregnant uh, period date. So I was pregnant, my first ever pregnancy, um, and yeah, my first miscarriage. And I want to talk about this. Just I just want to normalize the fuck out of this. Like I'm someone, if you, those of you who do know me, I'm someone who I love to know a lot about everything, especially when it comes to the human body health. And even through the, I was out of those eight weeks being pregnant, I knew I was pregnant for five and a half of them. Like I actually sensed it. I felt like there was something going on in my body um and I would have only been three weeks pregnant um so it was even five days before my next period was due so it was very 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 early that I sensed it in my body I did the test and it came up positive and I was like oh my god what the hell (laughs) this is exciting and it all happened so quickly um so ever since that date I've been researching expanding my knowledge becoming aware of everything to do with pregnancy and all that stuff in the body and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I was, I want to say, you know, that saying nothing could prepare you for it, but I genuinely believe since going through a miscarriage that things, there are things that can prepare you. But the missing link is we don't talk about this enough and we don't normalize this enough. And I understand there are people out there who have miscarriages that are so traumatic and horrific that even me talking about this 
to them it, it will bring up stuff and trigger things and you know what maybe this conversation isn't for those people and that's totally okay but I guess I want to speak more to there's two people I want to speak two types of people I want to speak to right now you're either someone who's never experienced a miscarriage and I want to help give you insight so you can have more empathy and compassion around people who do and have more understanding because that's something that I really lacked through the process. Um, and then also if you have experienced a miscarriage and you felt alone or you felt like you couldn't speak about it or you were fearful of judgment or you felt guilty or you're really blaming it on yourself and you didn't have that support and that encouragement and that connection to be able to be brave and bold and and talk about it with courage, right? So these are the two people I'm talking to right now. And I know I can talk about this safely to you guys because I went through it. And do you know what? No matter what degree you go through in a miscarriage, whether it's something quite early on that almost could be passed away off as a period, right? Or it's down the track where your baby is, you know, part beyond that 20 week mark and you have to give birth, you know, and it's a stillborn and, and it's horrible. And no matter whether it's still a loss, a loss is a loss. It's not about comparison. It's still a loss of a life and it's fucking horrible. So I'm going to share a bit about mine. And I have to say, if I was to compare, I am so grateful that I had the one that I did compared to what other women have gone through. Mine wasn't, I guess, as traumatic in comparison, but it doesn't mean that I should shelter what I went through and doesn't mean I should be like Kim. Well, yours wasn't as bad as this person, so shut up, like be happy, be grateful kind of thing. I don't I don't want that. And I, if anyone's listening and they're going to think that or they're going to compare, then it's just not healthy for anyone. It's not kind. It's not good energy. This is about my, my intention is to educate and create understanding based on my experience and what I went through to help normalize miscarriage because it needs to be normalized. It needs to be talked about more and understood more. One in two women miscarriage. Like seriously, I didn't even know that. And I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> One in two women, 50% of women. That's like ridiculous. It blows my mind that how, how normal it is and it just doesn't get talked about. So um, I'm going to share with you what mine was like um, to put it into perspective and the emotions and everything that I went through because I think the biggest thing that got me was not – I was pretty with it. Once I understood what was happening, I'm very mind strong. I'm very strong in my mind. I'm very good at not stepping into a victim state, not blaming, shaming, all that stuff. But – there was this whole new level of hormones and emotions and oh, I don't even know the word that I went through that I think, and if I'm like, if I go through this, if I, all, everyone who's experienced a miscarriage has gone through this and I'm not, and I just want to say, I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for sympathy. Um, I just, I just want you to listen in and, and understand more and understand my, my journey. And maybe you've gone through something similar and I'd love to know, like, let me know, send me a message on Instagram, reach out to me, um, let me know if this helps you, or, like, I have to say, I did a post about this, and you can go see it, it's on my Instagram, 
and my Facebook that um, I'm killed over on the hospital bed and I wrote a little bit about it and, and some stuff and I got the response I got from that just having women who I've been connected to so there's some women who are my Facebook friends who I haven't talked to in ages or never talked to before have reached out and thanked me for for being brave and sharing this because they went through something similar and then I had randoms on Instagram message me saying oh my gosh like I can relate so much thank you so much for sharing this I really need to hear this and and yeah it was it was really beautiful to be able to give women that like I wanted to, I want to have a voice on this and give women that support and know that they're not alone because I am, as I said, I'm someone who's very mindset strong, right? And I feel very connected and I understand a lot when it comes to how we feel. But during the process of my miscarriage, I felt really alone. I had Daniel there, my husband, he was amazing, so supportive but I still felt alone because he actually physically wasn't experiencing what I was experiencing. In the hospital, they were nice. They were as nice as they could be, I think, but, you know, could have been better. Um, okay, so um, I was – so it was the – it happened on the Sunday. I don't remember the dates, but it happened on the Sunday. So about the Tuesday before that Sunday, so the Tuesday of that week, I started getting, like, brown – oh, by the way, if there's – any men listening? I don't think they do. Like this might be a bit gross for you guys, so you can just stop listening. Um, I'm gonna get pretty graphic, ladies, because <laughs> it's it's the truth. I'm not gonna fucking hide anything because oh, that's gross, Kim. Why would you say that? If you don't like it, if you're grossed out, get over it, move on, don't listen in, because I'm getting graphic, <laughs> as graphic as I can be, without being too graphic. So. On the Tuesday, I started to get like your discharge. My discharge was kind of like a brownie color, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, brown meat." And I did all the googling, all the research, talked to all the people. Um, it can be brown is old blood, so old blood that's a good sign. If it's gonna be, if you're gonna freak out during pregnancy and you have brown, it's it's more positive than negative because it can be leftover blood from implantation. So my implantation was. Uh, four weeks before, no, five weeks before. So quite a decent amount of time though since implantation. So I was a bit sus. I was like, "Mm." I had implantation like a month ago. Okay, maybe it's just all blood that's finally made its way down. So I had that from the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, It nothing weird in a sense of it was, it's kind of like ladies, you know when you get the start of your period on that first day and it can be, just, it's just like discharge, but it's just discolored. So I had that. So I was a bit concerned, but everything online said, you're fine, you're fine. So I didn't go to the doctors or anything. I was like, okay, I feel fine. I just feel pregnant. Don't get me wrong. I was, I felt fucking shit <laughs> through my, that part of my pregnancy. I was so, I felt hungover every day. Um, and then it got to the Thursday. Daniel and I actually went down south. We went on like, <laughs> it wasn't a baby moon, but it was like a, Whatever, we just went away, um, stayed in this beautiful accommodation. And by this time, I had to start wearing, um, oh no, I wasn't wearing any panty liners or anything. So, see, it was just enough that it would go on my knickers, but it wouldn't be super gross. Like, yeah, it would, yeah. So, we went down south, and on the Thursday, it started to get more, but it was still brown. And it didn't seem like tissue or, or skin, like cells or anything, if that makes sense. It just seemed more like, discharge was getting even more discolored. So I was like, all right, all right. 
And the fact that I didn't feel any more off than normal because it was just pregnancy vibes in my head. And then it got to the Friday. And on the Friday, um, it started to come out like a deep, deep brown. And there was like a red hue to it. So it didn't seem like blood, but it seemed like, ooh, there's something more coming out right now. There's something thicker. I'm a bit concerned. I'm a bit worried. Dr. Google, read the forums. Um, so many other women have experienced this and had healthy babies. So I'm like, okay, maybe there's something called your, you can be a bleeder. It's part of the bleeders club. Weird. But I was like, okay, sounds super weird, but maybe I'm going to be a bleeder. And then it was the Friday night and Saturday morning. And um, then it started to come like that pink, like that deep pink red but not like blood, not like, because it still seemed like thick and tissuey and whatnot. Because I'm like, but it's not like blood, blood. It's like, yeah, but I started to get concerned. I was like, oh, this is frustrating. I'm getting a bit stressed now. So, uh, but all the forums, people were sending in photos of having things that looked more bloody and thicker and grosser than mine. And I was like, okay, and they're fine. They've had their babies. And then I started to feel... So it was about the Friday, after, oh, sorry, Sunday morning. I started to feel some form of cramping in my abdominals. Now, it was the same feeling of the cramping I had months ago when I, uh, sorry, weeks ago when I fell pregnant and it was kind of like that pregnancy, the growing of the uterus cramping. So it's a different cramp than a period cramp. And I was like, okay, things are just moving. Things are just growing. And we got home on the Saturday afternoon. We just had a relaxed night, um, just staying nice and calm. And then the Sunday came. And we actually had friends come over. We had my brother, my sister-in-law, um, one of my best friends and her partner, um, a couple of Daniel's best mates come over because we're like, let's have barbecue, the footy's on, let's just hang out. So they rocked up. I was feeling all right-ish, just normal. And I, they rocked up at about 1 and at about 12 o'clock I started to realise that my nipples weren't as sore and I started to like it, the bleeding kind of came more like you know when if you have your period and you, you can feel it come out sometimes like you're just like oh I would have that feeling oh shit I need to go to the toilet and then I called up one of um, my friends who is an obstetrician, gyno, fertility specialist, all that jazz. And we had to talk about something else anyway. We actually worked together. So we're actually talking about something else. And I was like, oh, I've got some good news though. I want to share this with you that I'm pregnant. She's like, oh, that's so amazing. I was like, but I just want to let you know, like I am bleeding. And she was like, oh. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, she's like, oh, just how's your nipples? Are they still sensitive? And I was like, in denial. I was like, yeah, 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 they're still there. Like I, they still feel different. Because um, they did. They just felt less um, sensitive than what they were before. And then she's like are you feeling any cramping and I was like oh not not really like nothing um I have a little bit of pain that feels like the growing pain or the growing sensation like it wasn't really painful um and she's like okay well you just let me know if you need to go to the hospital like um I can get you into King Eddie um which in Perth if you're not in Perth it's our um emergency hospital for families and like pregnancy and whatnot so they specialize in that uh, and birth and all that stuff and um she's like just let me know and I'll let you know they're cu you're coming 
And then it got to, and then everyone, then I got home. Oh, then I was at home. Everyone came over and we're all hanging out. But I just started to feel like period cramping. And I was like, oh, now it's starting to feel really bad. And I was just like, fuck. I don't think this is good, but I was just keeping my head straight and having chats. And I actually felt, I felt a bit bad because I just couldn't be my full self. And all my friends knew I was pregnant anyway. So all the people, family, friends that were over, they already knew I was pregnant. Um, but I, so I let them know, I'm like, oh, I'm just cramping a little bit, but I just kept pushing through. And then I realized I had to keep going to the toilet. I was like, oh, feels like I'm getting my period. More stuff's coming out. Oh, not good. And then it got to about three o'clock and I was like, not nah, Daniel, like, and he was having a couple of beers because the footy's on. I'm like, I think, I think I need to go to hospital. Something's telling me to go to hospital. This cramping just won't settle. And it's just, I'm not feeling good. I can't focus and whatnot. So I rang up my friend and she said, yeah, they're waiting for you at King Eddie. And so we got in the car and it was like the minute I realized we're going to the hospital and got in the car, it's like this huge sensation came over me. And I was in the car and these cramps were horrendous these and I was like is this what contractions feel like and then I'm like I swear when people say they have contractions it like it comes on and then comes off this is not having an off period like I literally was in the car it was a half an hour drive I had my eyes closed and I was like hypnobirthing I did like a couple of hypnobirthing meditations already just to get myself into it and I was like it's just a surge of energy in my body breathing through it um and it helped I had my eyes closed like Oh, I just had to breathe or I couldn't talk. And I'm like, just get me there. I just felt like something bad was coming. And um, I was fucked. It was so fucked. Daniel's like, are you okay? I'm like, just drive, just get me there. Breathing, breathing, and just this cramping, cramping. And then he dropped me off because he had to go find parking. He's like, I'll just drop you at the door and I'll go find parking. I was like, no worries. Went inside, went up to the desk, say, look, this is my name. You guys are expecting me. Blah, blah. They're like, yep, take this form and go fill it out. So I'm wearing, by the way, I'm wearing my jeans. I put my slippers on, um, but I wear my jeans and just a hoodie. And I sit down and I start filling out the form, blah, 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 blah. And then as I finish, Daniel walks in because he parked the car. And I was like, he's like, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I just, I need to go to the toilet. I just feel like more blood's coming out. Silly me, didn't put on the pad or anything. So like, I'm like, I think it's gone through all my jeans. Didn't think this through. And I went to the toilet. And I walked over really quickly and Daniel waited outside and I locked the door thinking like, you know, I locked the door. It was like a big disabled toilet. And I sat down. Oh my God, I didn't even think this was going to make me emotional. And I sat on the toilet. So I was like, I just need to sit and like, you know, when you have your period, like whatever is coming out. And then there was this huge plop. And I looked down. I couldn't see anything because the water was all murky with blood, but there was just blood everywhere. Down my inner thighs, smudging onto the toilet seat, in my pants. And I just bent over and just started sobbing. And I just knew. I knew something had left my body. And I knew this. it's like this energy left. It's like a part of me left. And not like, first thing I thought, not like when you do a big poo and you feel like, ah, that's out. It's like, like my DNA left me. Like that's how it felt. Um, it was something, oh. And then Daniel could hear me sobbing and he's banging on the door and I didn't think this through because I locked it. 
So here I am shoving toilet paper everywhere with my pants down, hobbling over to the door. Like, guys, I told you I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm telling you what. I want you to understand, like, I know that at least I had a toilet to sit on. I know women, This one of my friends who told me, she was in an interview and then it happened and she had to go sit on a plastic bag and drive herself to the hospital. Like, I'm actually so grateful I was in that, that safe space and I hobbled over, opened the door and let Daniel come in. I went and sat back down and it just... It was fucked. It just, yeah, you just know. You know when you know. Like I had all this hope leading up to that moment that I'll be fine. I'm just bleeding. It's a bit of pain. Well, it was a horrible pain, but like just I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And then when that happened, I saw that I just knew. And then, yeah. So um, we cleaned ourselves up. It literally looked like a murder scene. It was all on the floor. And... I don't know what, now I'm glad I didn't do this, but at the time, Daniel and I both crouched down over the toilet bowl and I was like, do we put our hand in? Like, do we see? Because I Googled, you know, I was Googling miscarriages up to when this happened because when I was having that bleeding and like, what does it look like at eight weeks? Like the little sack with the little little nugget, little embryo in there. And I was like, that's what it can look like. So I was like, oh, I want to put my hand in and see if it's there to confirm. Because really, right now, I I believed it happened, but there was no confirmation of a baby coming out. It was just a massive, heavy bleed and a big plop come out. So, but we were just like, we'll be, you know, when you're like, oh, but it's a public toilet. You don't want to put your hand in there. Like, I look back now, I'm like, who would have given a fuck? You could have just wiped it off and like washed it with soap. But the good thing is I'm glad we didn't because I didn't get to see anything and visualize it. So we flushed the toilet. And went out and the doctors were like, I went up, oh, Daniel went up and said, look, I think we've just had a miscarriage. And they're like, okay, we'll take a seat at the triage nurse. And I'm like, um, well, can you get me some towels? I was just like, just casually sit down. I'm like, um, like, because we just told them what happened in the toilet. And they're like, oh, okay. So they brought me through. And then went into this little, because I was so busy, went into this little, um, you know, the little, they're not rooms, they're just the curtains around in the middle, in the big open spaces. So I went into one of those sections, lied down and just getting to the fact that, okay, probably have had a miscarriage, not sure what it was. Like if I look back now knowing I had the miscarriage, I know it was in that moment. But during the time, there was still a part of me that didn't want to believe it. There's still a part of me that was like, oh, it could just be blood clots or something like that. Um, who knows? I was in, maybe I was in a bit of denial because I still wanted hope, right? Because I know people go through crazy things and still have a baby at the end. And so then I had my blood pressure taken, all this stuff. I won't go through, I won't talk you through the process of sitting there, but I had my bloods done. And then I really needed to wee. And this cramping, this heavy, heavy cramping came back. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, but they were just like, lie down, lie down. I'm like, no, I need to sit up and lean forward. Like, that's more natural for my body. It felt better. And they're like, well, we need, we have a room for you now. We want to transition you over. I was like, all right, I'll go to the toilet first. And Daniel came with me and I went in and I sat down and fuck, there was two plops. That's all I heard, like plop, plop came out. And I just knew it must have been a blood clot or had triplets or something in there. But um, it was, the thing was though, like that happened and I didn't feel, I felt a bit lightheaded because when I get blood tests, anything needles around me, like 
I don't freak out. I just, my body goes into shock. I can't control it. I'm just like, Ugh. okay. Start going lightheaded and I just lost this blood and I had to walk back into this new room. But we didn't flush a toilet and we told the doctors. And this is where, like, I don't understand doctor protocol. But the doctor we had, and bless her, she wasn't very confident, but she was lovely. Like, I felt like I was more confident than her. And we said, yeah, we left it in the toilet. We left whatever came out in the toilet. We couldn't see because it was all murky, but we left it because they said, just leave it, don't flush it. But the doctor, and there was even gloves next to this toilet because we were in the toilet inside the hospital, like not in the waiting room, inside. And he was like, she came back and said, oh, I had a look. Like I just looked into the ball, but I couldn't see anything. It was too bloody. And I'm like, if I was a doctor, I'd put the glove on. I'd put my hand in there. Like, I wish I did it too. Like I, w- I wish I did it um, to see, but at the same time, I'm grateful I didn't. So I didn't actually have, I don't have visuals right now. But I was a little bit disappointed in that. I'm like, wouldn't you, like you guys deal with so much more gross stuff than putting your hand in the toilet to find a blood clot. Like, anyway, that's just my opinion, my opinion only. But that's what went through my head. So we hobbled over to the new room and she's like, okay, we're going to have to have a look and go in and see if there's anything. Long story short, there was nothing coming out of my cervix. She said the cervix is slightly open, so that indicates something has come out. There's nothing still there. Um, but this is what blew, this blows my mind, right? Because they were like, do you want any painkillers? But leading up to that second toilet trip, I was like, no, no, I don't want a painkillers. If I'm still pregnant, because they couldn't rule out miscarriage yet, um, they're waiting for the blood results, they haven't checked yet or gone up, you know, gone and looked inside. Um, and what was I going to say? Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, they offered me painkillers. I'm like, oh, I'm not really a pharmaceutical person. Don't look like I'm pregnant, you know. And they're like, oh, it's fine to have. I'm like, and they're offering me Panadine Fort, which is strong shit, like whilst you're pregnant. I'm like, oh, no. And then after that second one toilet trip, I kind of was like, oh, I'm pretty certain I've miscarried. It's kind of settling in now. So I was like, okay, I'm in so much pain because your cervix is trying to open and everything's cramping I'm like fuck this is horrible and I had these panning thought this is what blows my mind right I felt fucking amazing I had these two like even Daniel said when you have your first two panning thought I don't know if you guys can relate you because it's a mix of codeine and your other stuff and you feel wicked I felt on cloud nine like it was like the I was masking my cramps I felt a bit um lightheaded and I was just super chatty like I was I could still feel the crowds, but I just felt good. And the doctors and the nurses come in and they say, so how are you feeling now? Like you've been clean, like you've had your, we've gone in, we ha- we don't need to do in D and C because there's nothing hanging out or what we could say. Well, they didn't need to go in and do anything. They're like, it looks like a lot of stuff's passed. And I was like, oh yeah, my cramps are going away. And they're like, oh yeah, good. I'm like, yeah, but you just gave me a painkiller. I don't know if my cramps are actually subsiding or... I'm just high. So that really got me. I'm just like, seriously, of course I feel good. You just doused me with painkillers. You can't actually get a proper proper feedback from me to know how my body's going when you do that. So I was like, it just made me question a little bit more. Like, wouldn't they test for other things? I don't know. It just blew my mind. I'm like, of course I feel good. Of course I feel better. Like they're trying to say, if you're starting to feel better, um, you know, they said it indicates, it's pretty 90% sure it's a miscarriage. It could be eptopic, but because you had so much blood, 
um, less likely there could be a chance you're still pregnant. We need to do a scan to see if there's anything in there as well. But we couldn't get a scan done because I was so busy. We would have had to wait like another four hours. And I actually already had my dating scan booked in the Monday, the day after. So they're like, if you keep your scan date and you go in there, then they can still scan them. It's more of a make sure everything's come out. That was fucking horrible, by the way. Um, so we got sent home because they were like, look, we're pretty certain after, you know, the blood still has kind of stopped. Uh, not stopped. It's like um, reduced down. You're saying your cramps are going. But I'm like, remember, I am on painkillers. So I don't know how, how the planks are, ugh, cramps are. So, yeah, but we went home. So we're in the hospital for six hours, went home, took more panadine for, had the best sleep ever. <laughs> but then um, woke up Monday just feeling absolutely shit balls. And then we had to go this scan and we were so emotional that day. Between Daniel and I, we, were, we had a fight because we both didn't know how to handle this and we both were sad and we both tried to want to support each other, but we also wanted each other to support ourselves and, I was cramping and in pain and when I was bending over, he's like, talk to me. And I'm like, I can't talk right now because I didn't answer. Like, it's fucking hectic. And then when we went to do the scan, she did it all. And then at the end, she was like, yeah, look, hun, like, there's nothing in there. You have miscarried. And I just, I just started crying. Like, I, I remember sitting there and Daniel hugged me and I was like, I just want my dad. I just want my dad to hug me right now. Because I think I felt like as much as I was ready to be like, yeah, miscarried, own it, control it, uh, own it, accept it. There was a part of me that just felt like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, why did this have to happen to me? And it was just, it's just like this loss feeling. And you just feel defeated and... I didn't think talking to you guys on this podcast over a month later that it would bring up the emotions because when I've talked to my friends and I'm so open about it, I talk to them without this emotion, without wanting to cry and I feel, I'm like, where the fuck's my emotion gone? Am I like a brick wall? But I guess here it is. And yeah, you just feel so fucking defeated that, and now, do you know what? I want to say this. I never used to judge. No, I don't, it's not judge. Okay, I'll just say it. Like, now I get when, you know, there are women out there who choose abortion because their lives aren't ready. And I'm not against it. Like, if our baby was, if our baby was severely disabled, like, I don't think I'm ready to bring in a child into the world that's severely disabled. That is just me right now. And maybe there was something genetically wrong. So my body disposed of this baby before I found out. So we just don't know. But I know that there are some people out there who just do abortions because they're not ready. Not that there's anything wrong with the baby or whatnot, but they're just not ready. And you know, I, I don't judge because every person's life is different and each to their own. But I had that feeling of empathy for the women who struggle to conceive and struggle to make babies and go through rounds of IVF just to get pregnant and miscarriage like fuck I was so lucky to conceive pretty much the first time we tried we were semi trying the month before but not really but then we when we were more conscious of it and I conceived straight away and I'm just so so lucky that I was able to do that 
so this this carriage like to know that I can get pregnant gives me hope going forward but it just gave me that sense of fuck women try so hard to make a baby and then they go through this miscarriage like they must feel fucking horrible they must feel so defeated and so what's the word where you just feel like something's wrong with you even though there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with us we like we can't believe there's something wrong with us because then we'll spend our whole life trying to fix ourselves and never thinking that we're good enough so we can't have that mentality but oh fuck (laughs) so that confirmed that scan confirmed the pregnancy and uh it was pretty shit it was pretty shit So the week when it was just, and then it was just a week of emotion and draining and, and this, okay, this is what I want to normalize. Like, oh, I feel like I talked to you about so many things and all I want to say that what this moment had taught me, this defining moment in my life has shown me how fucking strong I am, how powerful I am, how much I can handle things beyond anything I could have imagined. And it's really like the not the irony, the silver, uh, the the balance, or the silver line, the balance is as much as a miscarriage sucks. It sucks balls, guys. Like it's, it just literally sucks balls. That oh, I don't know where I was going. With that um, oh, it has empowered me beyond my wildest dreams of what I'm capable of. And if it had to take a miscarriage to happen for me to realize my fucking potential and how strong I am and then I can overcome anything, then I am so grateful for that defining moment in my life because I have never been more empowered and motivated to create fucking epicness, to build what I want to build, to live in my purpose. And it took something, mother nature, something that happens in mother nature for me to realize this and I'm so grateful because if I didn't have that miscarriage, I'd just be more pregnant, which is great. I know I can get pregnant, so I'm so grateful for that. But I'd be pregnant. I'd still probably have the same stories. I still wouldn't think I'm as strong as I am. And I don't know, like maybe I would have limited myself and my potential. So it has taught me, there's been a beautiful lesson in it. But I want to chat about one thing and it's this other thing is normalizing it for those of you who've never gone through it. There is nothing you can say or do that's going to make anything better. I had half of my, so out of my group of friends and family who've never miscarried before or been pregnant that um, half of them said like, Kim, I just don't know what to say. I'm here for you. I love you. And that was perfect. And then half of them wanted to say things like, well, at least you got pregnant. At least you can try again. At least this and that. And do you know what? They, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. They don't understand. So it's so easy to say that. But if I gave birth to a full-term baby and then two months later the baby passed away from SIDS or something horrible, would you turn around to that person? Would you turn around to me and say, don't worry, at least you can have another one. At least you can get pregnant again. Fuck no, you would not say that. You, it's a, still a life. So I guess what the right, this is right for me anyway. I don't want to say the right thing because when you insinuate right, you insinuate there's wrong. And I don't want to make anyone else wrong. But what I felt like was the right thing for me 
is that if you don't, if you've never gone through it and you don't know what to say, that's all you say. You say, I don't, there's nothing that I can say other than the fact that I love you and I'm here for you. You know, you can't, if you mention anything, you know, at least you, know, at least you could try again and once you have, I've had someone say, well, once you get your baby, you'll forget about the miscarriage. I'm like, I probably will. Maybe I won't forget, but I, I probably will not be as sad. But that's not what you say. You don't say that shit to people because you're, you're saying, like everyone who's had a miscarriage who I've talked to, none of them at once said anything like, oh, at least you can try again and this and that. They were just like, you know, I had that too and it was horrible and I'm here for you and I love you and I hope you're okay and I hope you get through this strong because they understand the loss. So if you've never had a miscarriage and you have a new, even if, even if you're a mama and you've never had a miscarriage so you know what it's like to have a baby and you have friends that go through the miscarriage, the best thing you can do is just tell them how much you love them and you support them and you are there for them. And if they ask them if they need anything, the worst thing is commenting on, you can try again. A good thing that you got pregnant, but you, it, I know you want to like try and I do this with other situations. I try and find the positive in things to help balance it out and help people feel good. But when it comes to a loss of life, a miscarriage is a loss of life guys. It's still, whether you think so or not, it's a, it's, you know, we all started as that. It is a loss of life and it needs to be treated the same. And it's just about love and compassion and understanding and support. And you are, if you just love on your friends, you are being the best friend you can. And I know there would be a part of you that wants to be there for them and wants to be the best and wants to say all the right things and be super supportive. But the best thing you can do is just love. Just love, love, love. And I think it's in moments, defining moments like miscarriages where the only answer is love. And isn't that the only answer anyway when it comes to life? <laughs> so, um, and there's another thing I want to chat about is, and I'm going to share this because um, I don't think my brother listens to my podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, his fiance does. Oh, gosh, if you're listening, that's fine. Um, I actually already talked to her about this. He said he rang me up on the following, so it wasn't the following Thursday of the miscarriage, it was the Thursday after, so like 10 days after, and he rings me up because we're chatting anyway about stuff, He's, and I have him, and I have my, uh, I have three stepbrothers, so my other little brothers, and I talk to my, this brother, we just communicate more, um, we're closer in age and we just, we just do, and he was chatting, he's like, you need to tell our brothers about the miscarriage, Kim. You need to let them know, like, how long you're going to wait. And I was like, hang on. Oh, wait, first of all, let me, he wasn't being a dick. He was just like, they're our family, Kim. Like, family has to know. We're all family. He just want. he was thinking of a way that, like, you know, they think you're pregnant and they're excited. Like, you, you've got to let them know so they understand. And I was like, hang on, bro. That's what I said on the phone. I was like, I don't have to tell fucking anyone anything. This is my journey and honestly, you know because you were at my house when it happened. You probably would have, I probably wouldn't have told you as quickly because I will tell people when I'm ready. I don't want to just go and tell my family or certain people that, oh, by the way, just FYI, I had a miscarriage. 
because they already knew I was pregnant. Like I can't, you don't need to tell people for other people. You tell people for yourself when you're ready. And then about a week after there came a point in time and I was like, yep, I'm ready to let them know. And so I sent them a beautiful message. But I sent my brother a message because I'm like, this is my point, guys. This is what I want to help normalize and help understand is if you've not gone through it yourself, then there's, as I said, you can only love. Like my brother was trying to love and being like, he was trying to be considerate of everyone else. But by doing that, he didn't consider me because he didn't understand. And I sent him a message saying like, look, I know you don't understand, but I will tell people in my own time and when I'm ready. I don't owe it to, I don't owe an explanation to anyone. I don't owe anything to anyone. And it will be off my own back that I do this and I share and I explain. So, yeah. I guess I wanted to share a bit of that's like what I went through. I definitely had moments of not feeling good enough and why did this have to happen to me? I want to share something funny because I can now that one of my best friends, when we told them I was pregnant, we were, we were pregnant, they kind of acted a bit like, oh yeah, like a grin and I was like, fuck, they knew. And then they turned around and said, we're pregnant too. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Even now, like, oh my god, I'm so excited for them. They're still, they're still pregnant. This is exciting. And I was like, oh my god, me and my best friend are going to be pregnant at the same time. We're going to have babies together. They're currently not living in Perth at the moment. Um, so I was like, oh, that's fine. And do you know what? When I was in the hospital, when I was starting to accept the fact that I had a miscarriage, I turned to Daniel and I said, you know what I'm most shitty about right now? That I will not have a baby at the same time as my best friend. And I hated that. I was like, no. But everything happens for a reason and she'll have her time and I'll have my time and I get that and it's all good. But I was like, I was kind of laughing at myself during, I was just like, man, now we can't be at the same time. This is so annoying. Because <laughs> I accepted the fact if I'm going to miscarriage, I'm going to miscarriage and it happens in life. But the timing was terrible for something that I personally wanted. I wanted to be twitted with my bestie. So um, they were the first people we um, called actually and just to let them know and they were really supportive and they sent us little photos of their scan and I was just like, I am so glad I didn't see the scan of my bub before it passed. So, um, but that was, that was just a bit of a funny laughable moment. Oh my God, my nose is all snotty now because I cried. And yeah, like, I guess I went on a bit of a tangent. But yeah, I just want to normalize this, guys. I don't even know how long I've been talking. This is a long episode and I I just want people to know that it's fucking horrible. You're never going to understand until you go through it yourself. So all you can do is love and give love, not try and find the positives because it's not going to help. It's just love. And love is the perfect balance of positive and negative. Love is compassion, understanding, support from both ends so if you can do that that that's what you do when you feel like you don't know what to do that's what you do and and yeah so let's normalize it like I know and I I said it before I know I haven't had a horrendous one oh and just to finish it off I went for the scan afterwards to make sure there's nothing still left inside 
um, and there wasn't, so I didn't have to have the DNC, which can be really invasive and painful. That they go in and clear out your uterus. Like fuck that. I'm so grateful I didn't have to have that. It was about two, three weeks where I finally stopped bleeding. Thank goodness. Um, and afterwards, I actually felt amazing health-wise. I felt so clear and energized. It's interesting how they always say like you, your body cleansed and let go of a lot of stuff. Something else that's funny that I've got to share. I put it in my post. So from all the painkillers from the miscarriage and then the following weekend, I got stung by an ant on my little toe. That was more painful, I feel, than the miscarriage looking back because it uh, nothing I did, like it was just I wanted to cut my toe off. It made me like an angry pain. So it was like that on top of it. So I had more painkillers. And then I got pain. I woke up the next morning with pain thinking it was a kidney infection, but I actually had pain from being constipated. I had constipated myself from painkillers there's no way to relieve um, codeine constipation or painkiller constipation than softening your stool. So I took stool softeners. I went and got colonics. Oh, my God. It was the best thing once I did it. I was literally, after all of this, I was backed up with so much shit that that was making me angry because I couldn't get to the toilet. It was making me frustrated. I had this throbbing pain in my back from it. And, oh, crazy and then to top it off I went and got my skin checked done because I was like look health health time health check and he's like oh yeah we need to cut out that mole so I just had a scalpel scalpel and stitches scalpel to my skin and stitches so I really hope now I really hope that I don't have to get prodded and poked and all that and cut and all that stuff for at least the rest of the year so yeah Anyway, I now feel like I'm genuinely rambling, but um, I just I want to normalize it. I want I want other people to be able to talk about this. Like it happens every day. It's not woo woo. It's normal. It's part of mother nature. It's fucking horrible. People need to have more love around them. People need to be loved more. And people who experience a miscarriage to know that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. This is just the what's happening in life right now, and you know, not, it's not our fault and it's not to feel guilty. We're not in control of our body's decisions when it comes to this stuff. It wasn't because it was something wrong with the pregnancy. There was something not quite right that didn't fit and mother nature took its course. And I, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, I always, there's a part of me that feels bad. Like, well, I hope someone's not listening. I don't trigger someone, but I just want to normalize. I want people to be confident in talking about it and there's no judgment. You're not going to get judged. Don't judge yourself. It's a part of life and it's a fucking horrible part of life and it just needs to be more love and acceptance and support around it. I'm going to finish off there because now I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit. I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me this space um, to be able to voice this and it, I would love for you to share it. Um, please share this. You know what? Let's normalize miscarriage. Please share the fuck out of this. Put it in your stories. Put like, send it to people. Post, or just whatever you do. Like, let's just get this out there because this message needs to be heard. It really does. And I want to help other women through this. Like I've been from my experience and, and just give them that love. <sighs> All right, guys. I love you. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast is brought to you by Abundance Club, an exclusive online membership to a 16-week holistic health and mindset coaching program. Abundance Club supports, educates, and empowers its members with their self-love, mental health, happiness, nutrition, and exercise so they can live their healthiest and most abundant life. You can learn more by checking out the website, which is www.abundanceclub.net. Just a reminder to hit subscribe so you are always in the loop when a new episode drops. I am so grateful that I can give you this time and content as you listened in today. And remember to leave a heart-filled review and five sparkly stars if you are listening through iTunes. Or leave your love-filled comments in the comment section below. By this process, you are contributing to the bigger vision and impact of inspiring and helping women just like you to grow their success and their mindset too. Don't forget to leave your Instagram handle so I can give you a shout out on our social media and recognize you for your greatness too.